0: Hello, welcome to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. Today we are going to have a wee bit of a deviation. We are going to have an episode of our Voyager interview series. These are 10 questions and the expert answers that can change your life. So often when the subject of matters come up, people look right, they look left everywhere except the mirror, wondering who they're talking about. Well, what if they're talking about you? We all have that relative that makes the family squirm in public. My my sons tell me I'm that person, I'm that relative. But more than familial awkwardness or people behaving badly, good manners are the mark of good breeding as they say. Civility and an excellent etiquette posture are crucial in particular as you move up the corporate ladder or into entrepreneurship. Now today, we're excited to have our favorite civility and etiquette expert, author and media resource, Rosalinda Randall, to tell us about the importance of manners for you, why why managers matter. Rosalinda, welcome to the program. So happy to have you.
1: Thank you, it's always a pleasure to be on with you.
0: So my dear, we're going to ask 10 questions and the answers that can change your life. So I want you to feel free to speak freely and we're just going to jump right into it. So as I said in the beginning that when people think of bad manners, most likely they think it's other people, not me. So I'm not sure if that question, must've come up with you, but how do I know, for example, that I need to say, hmm, a brush up a bit? What comes to mind?
1: I think you're very right in uh, in that phrase that we always think it's somebody else. Um, and I think these days, especially, meaning this last couple of generations, uh, we don't like to be wrong. We don't like to be criticized. You know, all these safe spaces and, and all of that stuff that uh, people getting easily offended. I, I just think it's been growing and growing and even encouraged. So if I'm feeling say, sensitive, offended, or just unsafe or uncomfortable, um, I, my attitude is to have everyone else make the adjustment so that I feel better. Well, while they're making their adjustments, what about them not feeling safe or comfortable or, you know, not offended? So we live in our own little bubble. And I think that and COVID (laughs) is past year, really hasn't helped that because we've been getting our own way being shelter in place we do what we want say what we want dress like we want sink up and not shower if we want I mean all kinds of things that aren't affecting other people that maybe we used to have to monitor a little bit um so I really I'm really anxious to see uh the comments that people make once we get back in the workplace so I I think that um kind of lack of self-awareness and also the breeding of Me, me, me me—having to be comfortable and happy and fair all the time—has it contributed to um, being unaware and inconsiderate? That's—I
0: think you probably hit the nail on the head. I hadn't actually thought of it that way because, I mean, I—oh, I don't want to say when I worked in San Francisco, I was very aware of uh, the—not even the me generation because it's multi-generational—but definitely a me-first environment, and that. Is definitely a challenge, and and we've certainly seen it played out in the media. Definitely with well, I don't want to politicize this, but it's certainly <laughs> with the choice or choice to choose or not to wear the mask. And so, yeah, it it is it is a it is a it is a real thing. Now, I you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's been said that good manners are the mark of good breeding, and I'll just say he shall who shall not be named. Um, my special friend, uh, you know, he epitomized this um, in that when I, when I say the mark of good breeding, it's like people who are well-bred, if you will. I I know that's an old-fashioned term, but I'm an old-fashioned gal. And it's people who, they treat everybody, you know, with politeness, respect, and courtesy. You know, it doesn't matter your station in life, if you will. And so what are some other examples, I suppose, would be my question. What are some other examples as far as how that um, the statement of being the mark of good breeding is that your experience or how would you
1: phrase that i don't know in modern times so
0: how do we say that
1: uh, in modern times because i think the good breeding uh to me even brings back uh the original emily post and vanderbilt and you know boston and the club and all of that stuff good breeding but i was raised in a very modest home background um and a very traditional hispanic respect being tactful, humble, all those things. And that didn't have anything to do with the money, how many cars we had, or the mother having to work or not work. Um, so I believe that your
0: foundation. Okay, gentle persons, you may have noticed we had a slight technical difficulty, but Rosalina stuck with me and we will just carry on. And you were saying old fashioned is Mark of good breeding and so on today, we're turning that
1: to. Yes, I, I as I was saying, there was a standard in society that we all, no matter how we spoke to one another, maybe in the home, or whatever was acceptable. But once we were out in public, we all had certain expectations of, you know, crossing the line and how we spoke and even how we dressed and addressed other people. But now that no longer exists due to just wanting to be me or don't tell me what to do. Or, you know, I, it's just a lot of different cultures or we all want to practice our own way and not have a cohesive foundation that um, society agrees upon. But that's Mm -hmm. sort of how etiquette rules um, evolve actually uh, that society depends upon them. I know some people ask like, well, who does these rules? Who makes them up? It's not a bunch of little ladies, you know, all of us with their little, uh, headbands and buns and, and lace things that we go, let's see what we want to, what rules we want on society anymore. It really society dictates what is acceptable and what isn't. And it does vary from, uh, parts of the country to other parts you know like like Texas and the south it's still yes sir and yes ma'am mm-hmm. but you come to California and you have people say don't call me that you know they almost offended well not almost they are offended if you call them that but it depends on the spirit that it's given if I just go yes ma'am well obviously I'm being sarcastic or whatever but if I do it it's, it's I'm trying to show you some respect and I maybe people are uncomfortable with being respected I never thought about that
0: that, that that would be a head scratcher for sure, you know. And and I'm sure, you know, to your point about yes sir, yes ma'am, I just recently started working, for example, with a virtual assistant who yes ma'ams me a lot. And of course my immediate response, don't call me that, but you know what? You fight you choose your battles. So yes. it's I you know, it is what it is. But you know and, and I hear you saying and I understand completely and you bark, for well, first of all. It is a sign changing times, what's acceptable, what's not. It really kinda of still seems like there should be some level of politeness, but again, that's just me because every time I hear a young person say, Please, thank you, excuse me, I mean that's a head turner for me. I literally turned my head, wait, who moved the earth? You know? And that's a sad commentary. But it and maybe you feel like you said it and so you can just tell me you said it. But again, I to your point that we're both making, I suppose. That people are really tuned into W I I F M. What's in it for me? So why should one care about
1: manners? Wow, that is a question, and the, the and I've been asked that a lot. Why okay. should I care? Uh, mm-hmm in yourself. I mean, it really comes down to that because uh, no one's going to kick you out of their store because you don't say please and thank you or you're, you know, hog up the, the aisles with your, with your cart. Um, no one's going to do that. So there really isn't that consequence or pressure that we used to have, you know, from aunts, uncles, neighbors, that if you didn't do that, especially as a younger person, they would remind you. Uh, loudly, um, but today no one can say anything. And I've been in situations where I guess I was just in one of those moods, and a, someone said something, and I go, "Well, you're welcome." That's being very rude of me. But sometimes it's just like, okay, I even lose it. It happens. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like, really, I held the door open for you. I took your cart in for you. Nothing. Uh, so it it really depends on your individual uh, integrity, who you want to be how you want to leave that situation in a better place. Um, what, what mark lingering effect do you want on that situation or that uh, contact you had with another human being? Uh, that's all I can say, because we can go into like, Oh, we'll follow the commandments or um, you know, what are principles and morals and and you just, that isn't something that is um, commonly discussed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ha- don't have a really place to go from, I think, to pull that in together as to why you should be that way, just, you know, again, personal pride and integrity. And that's, that's my answer.
0: So I also thought about, say, for example, and as soon as I get these words out, you'll, you'll say, well, there are plenty of other examples, but I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> I, my thought is that, say, people who want to be promoted or move up the corporate ladder, I mean, I still think there may be some places where I'm calling it good manners, maybe it's people skills, but is that some place where you feel that manners do help if you're trying to, you know, you want to advance and if once, you know, if you, I don't know, I guess we could specify and say corporate, what is that, Um, Fortune 500 company, I don't know, but I would think that having manners as you advance do matter. Is that an accurate statement or what would you say about that?
1: In most cases, yes. Depending on the industry, sometimes uh, it's irrelevant. It's what they can get out of you. For example, the tech company. I've spoken to um, a lot at different tech companies and have a lot of acquaintances that have told me that, really, it's a place it's more of a revolving door. Uh, they don't expect you to stay. So you stay there, you give them what they want, they take your new app and, and you're off to another place. So um, it doesn't lend itself really for a lot of conversation, communication and going up the ladder, uh, people just move on. So uh, I think depending on our industry, um, people like in law firms or accounting firms, especially the larger ones, there's still a certain time honored tradition or standards or customs whatever you want to call them that are expected and maybe not so much because that's what they want to do but that's what gives their clients the confidence and Mm -hmm. trust so the behavior and the dress um it 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 just exudes that um visually for uh clients and I have been told that I've talked to different various people that come from those types of backgrounds um, and um, so, I, I believe that if you if you can get along with people, if you show that you can listen, that you have a little humility, and you're willing to accept um, a little bit of uh, criticism or challenges, um, and there aren't a lot of complaints about you, um, I think that is all that is expected today in the workplace. Um, Because certainly, and I'm sure you've gone to stores and and whether it's restaurants or department stores where the employees ignore you until they're done folding or putting something away. They don't even acknowledge you. So if the standard isn't there from the management, Mm -hmm. then employees really don't have to put out that little extra effort. Again, it's, it's them. And in fact, I just spoke to uh, an employee at at a particular store, and I'm going back to that store, even though the price wasn't cheaper than another place, but they were so pleasant and I don't mean friendly. You know, a lot of people also Uh, confused with being, you know, oh, your best friend and being super friendly as being good manners. So that can also get irritating, but just a civil tone and just pleasant. I'm doing this job and I'm here to help you. Um, Very basic. So I'm going back to that store because that person's phone manners. So it can matter to the bottom line of companies.
0: That's exactly right. I I really do not pay do not mind paying for good service because it's frankly becoming more rare. Yes. And I had to reach out regarding a purchase that I just made, and the first thing they said, "Oh, your is voided." Not like, "How can we help you figure out the issues?" Like, "Oh, your warranty's done." And I'm thinking, "Well, first contact, first client, our first, you know, first time customer." Oh no, we have not made a good impression at all. <laughs> and as you went through that, I'm hearing the difference, I suppose, because again, so I think it really does sound like it comes down to people skills versus courtesy. And I understand tech industry, they have a bit of a reputation. So, you know, it is more, it, not even people skills for tech, it's, it's output. But, you know, it, again, I'm calling it manners or courtesy. And I would see that, yes, being important to traditional or conservative type industries, but arts and the wild, wild west, Probably not so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, on the other hand, now you know I, I just heard you say that it is um, up to management to set the tone or to set the well, set the standards. I was just actually working on another project, company values, and I was thinking culture. So maybe you, how do you feel about you know how important is it for uh, international business leaders. I mean, there we, we have so many instances or opportunities with culture clash, clashes. So how would you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, first of all, going back to the leadership and management style, um, there is definitely something to that. that, that they set the tone for it. However, and just, and again, not to be political, but just the General uh, uh, consensus of our former president. Um, His style was a bit abrupt. These are things that people have that I've heard people say Uh, and um, But my philosophy is and so they say, well, of course, that's we can all act that way. I'm still an individual, I can still make a choice can it have an influence? If someone I respect and and like or look up to, um, aside from that person, but just anyone, yes, I can be influenced by their behavior, their style. We do that with the way we dress because, oh, you know, some movie star dressed that way or they're wearing this color lipstick this season. So we are influenced, but it's still my choice. And that's where if I'm working at a place where the management is just like, okay, whatever, they're yelling, screaming over there, it does not mean that I have to do the same. It's my decision. So, and then going to your the question um, about cultural, that can cause a lot of you know conflict or, well, or misunderstandings in the workplace because there's if you're working from someone from a European country and maybe they're a generation or two older than you are. There are certain expectations as to how that conversation goes, maybe even who ends the conversation, who starts the conversation, how you address the person, what words and vocabulary you should use in front of them or not. Um, And then you have the gender differences as well. If a gentleman comes in from, you know, who's, who's closer to 65, 70 years old and deals with someone who's 27 and wants to pull out her chair or hold the door open, I mean, right there, you can have, a, oh, harassment suit or something. You know, I, it, it really is, to me, if I had to put it in a nutshell, uh, of how to get along better in the workplace is stop for a moment to see what their intent is with the words the actions and the gestures. If they're coming from a place that you know didn't sound offensive, or they're not trying to put you down, or anyway, then I can overlook it. And, and that's in a nutshell. That's what I like to promote.
0: I I hear you saying overlook, and and most of the time, you know, my interactions with strangers, you know, it's pretty transactional. So sure, yeah, I'm gonna go buy whatever I was gonna buy and leave with or without a good impression. Right. It's not really gonna change my life. So yeah, it is a choice. And I actually did work in an office where the VP, if you will, I mean I worked around the corner from him and he his telephone calls were screaming matches with F bombs everywhere. I'm just looking around, I'm like, everyone can hear him. This is so inappropriate. So I was not sorry to see him leave. I I might want to mention that. But it's a challenge. So many things that we have to overlook in others in order to I don't know, maintain our own integrity or otherwise stay sane. That's, that's a good choice.
1: Yes, or even keep our job, because sometimes it depends on whether we, yes, go and complain. It could have ramifications, uh, but, you know, and that's why they have HR. That's why we all have a manager, someone we can go to, unless that is our manager. But then again, there is crossing the line, like something that you described. I, I know someone recently who said their boss throws things at walls, breaking things all the time, cussing and screaming, and that um, can be reported. I mean, first of all, I think I would approach the boss. But again, we want to keep our job. We want that promotion. So it is a fine line in the workplace. And you know, that's why I I think. And this is going to sound so old fashioned or backwards, but going back to a little bit of the formalities or traditions that every place of business had, not necessarily calling each other, you know. Ms. Randall or Mr. So-and-so, but just controlling how much we bring in of our personal life. We're there to do a job. I'm getting paid to do the best that I can and get along with my coworkers. I'm not getting paid to bring in all my stuff that I'm dealing with at home and how the dishes aren't done. And how about my man, you know, didn't do this for me yesterday. And this kid is doing that. We take up a lot of work time um, bringing that in and that causes and or affects and influences how we respond. If I'm in the middle of that, telling my coworker and I pick up the phone. Yeah, uh, this is human resources. Can I help you? you know, it's going to whatever mood I, mean, I was just in describing my personal life is going to come out in that next call or that next, um, that next inter- interaction.
0: Right. Very definitely. It's it's hard to try and false it off sometimes. Yes, it is. And especially if that is the office norm. There's a lot of things that people do in the office and you just, I scratch my head a lot apparently because I'm confused. Yeah. So. In sales, for example, we're taught about increasing our no like trust factor. And I have to feel that, I don't want to overuse the word, but good manners have to come into that no like trust factor,
1: don't they? Well, I'm going to ask you, what is that term mean? I can conclude some things, but I've not heard it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, So when, first of all, in sales, the story is that people will generally need three to seven touches before they're ready to buy. And okay. so in those three to seven touches, that's when you're spending time to increase your, they want to know who you are. That's they right. typically want to buy from people that they like and definitely want to buy from people that they trust.
1: Yes. So you have these
0: additional touches to increase your know, like, trust factor in your interactions with, say, a client or future client. Okay, or thank the you. The omission.
1: And now your question
0: to follow up, if you don't mind. No, so in, sales, in, in sales, I was just using that as a setup. But we're taught to increase our that we need to increase our no like trust factor. And my thought was that manners, good manners, if you will, would have some, you know, definitely impact that ability to increase or establish. Let's establish it before we increase.
1: Yes. I agree because, you know, again, it, it's so, it's said so often, it almost sounds cliche, but that first impression, just like we mentioned a moment ago, I will go shop and pay more because of that first impression, that good conversation on the phone that I had with you. Um, they were polite, they were pleasant, they were professional. So I believe that yes, especially in sales or any place that you're trying to uh, basically wine and dine or, or uh create a a larger clientele that that is more important there are some people that are in there just to get the good deal and they don't care how you treat them they don't care how you talk what you wear or anything Um, but in general people still want to feel acknowledged important like they're the only ones that you're dealing with so most definitely that in sales there it would be quite helpful and behoove anybody in sales to comport themselves in a pleasant manner. Again, they don't have to use sirs and madams and bow and open doors if they don't want to, but it's more the interaction, the making the eye contact, the having that tone of voice that isn't rushed or makes a person feel like they're bored, like, "Uh uh uh-huh, 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 you know, things, things like that, that are very simple to just make someone feel like, you're okay spending this moment with
0: them? So, you know, I don't know about you. I, I watch way too much news or, you know, more than I should. And I do. Okay. I'm going to move from scratching my head to shaking my head, right? Because I'm just surprised at the amount of caca that people can get away with when they're in a leadership position. And I don't, again, I don't know about your exposure and maybe this is all anecdotal, but do you have any examples or thoughts about boorish leaders, boorishness, from an executive or leader that's you know, held back because he did not know how to act or how to comport himself, if you will. I just, I really, I mean, I was supposed to say, there's a commercial that says something if you were born before 1975, let's agree I was born well right before 1975. And so I'm just, I guess maybe I'm just lost in the, the old days, but any thoughts about, you know, people who've been held back or how that might actually happen? I guess maybe it's probably tied to dollars, but what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think definitely charge. yeah, dollars have um, the influence that they may have, um, what they'll be losing if they let that person go reprimand them or discipline them and whatever that means. Uh, I think first we stop and think what are we going to lose if we do take the appropriate steps for that behavior that comes to mind first. And if it's, we're going to lose something, or we might be, Ooh, somehow indirectly involved with it at at whatever level. uh, That's another thing where we might make deals with people and just say, you know, why don't you disappear for a while? And that happens. I mean, celebrities look, I mean, we're so forgiving. And I think as a society also we're very, forgiving in general what's okay. the next thing that came up We we'll
0: very short-term memory
1: <laughs> yes I do and I, I we we do and we don't like this stuff we don't really like this mess or learning that somebody that we somewhat trusted or looked up to did something or whatever behavior that was um, or infraction so we don't like that and then also I think we bring in the trying to be understanding Oh, where did they come from? What were their circumstances? It is no longer like you stole this. This is the consequence. No, you stole this. Oh, where, oh, what are your circumstances? Oh, you don't have a home. And I'm not making light of that. I mean, that's a whole separate thing, but just I'm generalizing of, oh, you're unhappy or your mom works in your home alone. I mean, we we try to find justifications. I should leave it at that. to uh overlook or to justify why a person uh did this behavior so i think lack of consequences and mm-hmm. and yes i still do think that there have people I, I i can't off the top of my head think of anyone that has you know been fired over something like that other than you know embezzlement something really hot concrete but just for more behavior issues um I, I really can't, but I just think it really depends on whether they're the face of something that brings in money. And sadly, I think we've gotten to that point.
0: That's very true. I was, <clears throat> I guess, at the end of the day, there's so much bad behavior that is publicized that it kind of stands out for me sometimes. And so I do now actively seek out the, the feel good stories because I want to, I want to kind of offset some of that negativity. <laughs> so that I'm just not drowning in the like, oh my gosh moments of the news. So I understand that industries, industry standards, if you will, or norms, there we go, do have some impact on what's acceptable or otherwise overlooked. I'm just wondering, however, do you have any thoughts on how I'm calling it informed etiquette as I'm making up my new vocabulary as I go. How informed etiquette can assist executives? How can they benefit?
1: Well, first of all, I think if, if they have a foundation and, and etiquette can be, you know, to some people they think, oh, that's very formal and uh, old school and you have to talk British and put your pinkies out. But it really isn't. I mean, etiquette just to define it simply are the rules that guide our society that's all it is and they're ever changing and ever evolving um and they will continue to do so as as we continue to introduce new things to our society Um, new ways to interact. Um, You know, 20 years ago, there was no Zoom virtual etiquette, you know, things. It's it's just as it comes up. And as I said earlier, we all decide what is acceptable and what isn't. We don't want to see you pick your nose or stand up and you have no underwear on. I mean, those are some rules that have been made up because things have happened and we all go, "Mm, we're uncomfortable with this. And that's really how the rules of etiquette um, evolve. But going back to um, leadership and executive and how important it is. I think if you have a level or a foundation of etiquette, um, again, know know the rules, the the basic standards, it can help guide you as to how you react, respond to a variety of circumstances and a variety of personalities. And that's what I believe in. And that's what I have. I have this foundation, thanks to my parents. Um, But Uh, One that I have evolved into character uh, traits, and there's six of them that I live by. And because they're so ingrained and I believe in them so much that any situation that is thrown at me, those six traits run across my brain and guide what comes out here or what may not need need to come out here. It's it's a matter of a split second. I know what I'm going to say and how I'm going to react. And I think that has helped me so much. It doesn't mean that I don't get angry, that I feel like, you know, cussing at people I don't. But I, I the feelings are there. I'm a human being. I mean, we, we have those reactions and responses. But um, I try to let those six traits dictate uh, my reaction and responses in every situation. I think that's how etiquette would be helpful to especially people who are climbing the corporate ladder or in management. So...
0: And that really makes me want to ask, I mean, mostly, not mostly, I want to say I'm I'm relatively open-minded. When I meet someone new, I'm excited to meet someone new. And when I'm saying new, I'm speaking different cultures or different, you know, backgrounds because I really mostly feel like it's a learning opportunity and it's going to be a positive interaction unless, you know, I'm convinced otherwise. But yes, that's my thought. That's where I'm headed. So let's just say someone, because one thing, one of the things that I learned in a previous job is that you cannot make assumptions about what people know, what they've been through or what they understand. And so I do, you know, you're in a conversation and it's, it may be winding a bit or just not really evolving because there's no connection because of these differences. Now we do, at least me, I want to speak for myself, do want to have a one world, one love output focus but there are these differences that really exist and doesn't make anyone bad or you know you know anything like that it's just different so for someone who wants to improve or otherwise engage on the I'm keep coming back to that word you can tell me to stop saying it but um <laughs> the well-mannered spectrum of you know societal I guess it's probably societal norms, but societal expectations so that they are well received. What steps, what are there some concrete steps that someone could take to, you know, because they have this desire to improve? What can one do? Where does one start with that?
1: I believe if you have the desire to improve, you already have one that I live by and I love and it has a bad rap humility. Mm-hmm. A lot of people take that word and go, I'm not going to be a doormat. I don't have to sit and listen to people, whatever. Okay, that's your definition. My definition is to exactly what you just said. I want to come in with uh, a good attitude and presumptions about this person um and that does take humility because i may want to take over and try and find out more about this person so i can make my decision hurry up and either impose my view challenge them on something or you know whatever and i think a lot of people come with that like already ready to you know fight what, what are you going to say that's going to offend me mm-hmm. and and i think that's more and more people at least my experience where they're on guard well, how am I going to get to know you if you're on guard? And I don't mean like, oh, divulge your personal life and tell me, you know, what your husband did or your boyfriend did or something like that right away. But um, the steps that I think are, again, humility, and a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Um, by that, I also, um, another step is to not overpower, take over the conversation some people do it because they're nervous and and that's a whole different thing and that's something that okay if you want to improve yourself as you said work on that but i know people who start a conversation and it never ever stops and then it's goodbye and they didn't learn anything about you and you learned way too much about them another thing um is well obviously if you stop you you listen and i don't mean hear them i mean listen, and ask a follow-up question or two, if if you're interested. You don't want to fake it. Um, but I, I just think, and then if you, if you come off as genuine that I'm here to meet you, I, I think it'll work out in itself. And you're not there, as I said, to impose or challenge anyone right there. It will probably have a good outcome or a pleasant outcome uh, when you're meeting someone. Now, I want to add If you have an interaction that is just poisonous or is just just really unpleasant, offensive, whatever, insert uh, um, bad, (laughs) then instead of continuing challenging, asking, clarifying, sometimes it's best to just end the conversation. And it's very simple to do like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot the time I need to, you know, mingle with someone else, or I I have to meet someone else, or I need to go, whatever you want to say, or I need to make a call. I'm so sorry. Have a great time or have a great day, you know, depending on whether you're at an event or just on the street. So I I believe if it's already getting antagonistic or anything, it's best to cut it off. And there are ways to do that as well.
0: Yeah. I I have been known to excuse myself from a conversation. (laughs) I don't wish to continue, but, um, Holy moly! You know, I just um, and actually, what you were saying kind of made me think of people have a tendency to want to fix other people, and I, I really, that's not my job. You know, I said if, if it's not working or the conversation is going off the rails as the conversation goes, that, that saying goes. You know, sometimes it's not your job. This person was raised, might have been raised by wolves, but you know, <laughs> or raised by somebody else. It's not your job to raise another adult necessarily. But um, yeah, I think it is a difficult decision to, to decide to walk away rather than just try and continue digging and trying to change people's minds. You cannot do that sometimes. And I just, I, I say, don't give yourself the grief.
1: I agree. And that's what I ask people. Do you want them changing your mind, especially when it was all the political stuff, it's like you ranting and raving or telling me how awful the people on that side are is not going to change my mind. And neither am I when I tell you that, you know, so um, th- there is, uh, uh, you know, that old cliche, let's agree to disagree um, huh. is, is the most respectful thing um, to end, end an unpleasant conversation.
0: That, that is very true. Sometimes we don't remember these words in the heat of the moment,
1: but no, we,
0: we, we really meant to say that. Does that count? <laughs> so start. as we wrap up, my dear madam, um, I just want to I don't know. I'm really I don't use the word concern. I'm going to be interested. There we go. In our new world when we open up again. So something that you want to share to help people navigate because <laughs> you know you've seen the cartoons the <laughs> people come back they reverted completely to the Neanderthal days or whatever that was the most that was the most recent one that I saw or you know we've got um what's it called I don't know we've been wearing sweatpants for forever and I've been walking on barefoot so it's just gonna be quite a challenge when we get back to you know is it what office norms or social norms have want to say that but Any thoughts on navigating the uh, wide, wide open world of, oh my gosh, we're back? Yes.
1: As a matter of fact, I just uh, added uh, eight to 10 new dilemmas in my Mm. book about post-COVID and and all the new dilemmas. Everyone's going to be going, what do we do? How do we handle it? Again, I'm going to go back to my six traits Uh, principles, whatever you want to call them, to know how to deal with that. Even new things. If I just come from that place, it's going to be resolved somehow. Uh, A a couple of things to to say to people is, you know, most of us are not patient anymore. We get whatever we order the next day or that same day. I mean, we just are losing patience more and more because of the uh, conveniences of modern times. And it's wonderful. But... Uh, That's something that we're lacking, and that really plays a role in taking steps in this new kind of post-COVID world, especially as we go back to work. Um, If I can say one thing. Before you jump on someone or go cray-cray over situation at work, one is, well, first go to HR or go to your manager, and are they following CDC, state, and local mandates? If they are, but it's not to your pleasing Oh well, they can only do so much. Uh, I, I think employers are going to be in the toughest spot because they have to revamp how much money they've spent in restructuring and reformatting the desks and you know just just the environment and the and the air filters and all that. It's it costed companies a lot of money, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. But as an employee, we don't think about those expenses, and we still want more. I want an air, air filter. I'm too close to so and so. Well, they may not be able to accommodate everything, but as long as they're following the guidelines, then that's all you can expect a company to do. Um, If you require more, uh, then speak with them. Tell them what your concerns are. Maybe they'll be able to accommodate you. Maybe you can work from home a little longer. Uh, Maybe they can find a little nook over there or bring in your own air filter. um, Continue wearing masks if if they're they don't have to wear masks anymore. There are a lot of things that you can do to take the initiative to try and find a solution as well, not just complain and report and go on Indeed or Glassdoor or Yelp or everywhere and complain um, that your chair is too close to someone. First, first try and fix it. I mean, we have a responsibility to, to make suggestions as to what we want, especially if it's a, a special request.
0: Yeah, I think there is that I'm not sure if it's a notion, but certainly the idea of personal responsibility. Ooh. And that, I know that's a whole, it's yes. <laughs> a whole other interview series. Yes. <laughs> but um, it, it does seem to be, it's uh, not always present. And most, a lot of people seem to feel like they want someone else to fix it for them and that's not my that's not my thought process i'm mostly solution oriented i'm generally going to try and take care of it myself but you know yes. that has varying results <laughs> yes anywho all righty so rosalina thank you so much for answering these 10 questions i i um i'm really looking forward to uh getting some comments and hearing from the audience on how they uh received your message and why managers, ma- managers matter manners matter. managers So um, if people want to learn more, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Simple, and you can find everything there is just my website, rosalindarandall.com. And, you know, Mm -hmm. all social media, books, everything that you need to know is there instead of giving out each individual thing. So rosalindarandall.com. Thank you.
0: That is most awesome. I was just about to ask you that to say your website and your social media, but you said it's all there Mm -hmm. so they can find you. Any parting thoughts or anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share as we wrap
1: up? Well, as always, it's a pleasure chatting with you always. And you are the consummate socially, uh, I want to say, almost traditional with a twist of of. Sometimes sass, but that's personal between you and I, uh, but you are very professional um, and and I've always admired you and your style and um, your sensibilities about other people. So I just want to say thank you. It was really a pleasure to be with you. And if I could leave your listeners one, one last thought, I guess it would be to overlook things, mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the best solution and you don't need to respond to everything that you see, especially on social media.
0: That is very true. We don't have to nitpick. We don't have to see it. (laughs) Thank you once again. And as we wrap up, I just want to remind you that today's episode was brought to you by Pink Passport Society, a global international women's membership community. Please visit us at PinkPassportSociety.org. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Cheers.